Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. It feels like a holiday around here. It's football day. We begin tonight. We have two hours this morning to get you ready, so we have no time to waste. Let's go. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I am starting with the greeny kiss of death on this, the day the NFL season gets underway. And I know what you're doing. You're gathering around your radio right now and you're saying, Greeny, please don't do it. Greeny, whatever you do, don't do it. Don't pick my team. Don't put the kiss of death, the hashtag KOD on my squad. Don't ruin my year before it even begins. There was a time back in the Mike and Mike days when people would offer me bribes. They would offer me, this was back in the day when the only way of communication was email. People would email the show inbox. It was Mike and Mike at ESPNRadio.com back then, and they'd offer me all kinds of bribes not to pick their teams. Well, guess what? Those days are over. Greeny right now is going to tell you exactly how this NFL season is going to play out. We'll make it Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Start with the AFC, which is the varsity, loaded with great young quarterbacks every direction in which you look. And we have four great quarterbacks leading their teams to divisions this year. The easy one is Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs will win the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the sport. Even easier is Tennessee, the Titans, winning the AFC South. They, I believe, will wrap that thing up by Halloween, certainly by Thanksgiving. They're great, and the rest of the division is awful. In fact, I think the Titans have a really good chance of being the number one overall AFC seed. The AFC North is a tough one. I think there are three teams that will battle it out there, and I think Cincinnati is going to be markedly better than they've been. But they're the odd man out. I like the Steelers. The Ravens have had an absolutely disastrous six weeks The injuries there every year, some team or sometimes more than one has its season ruined by injury. The Ravens, to me, this year might be that team. But I like the Browns. If you listen to the show or you watch our TV show in the morning, you know it. I've said it before. I believe if you just look at the names on the backs of the jerseys, the Cleveland Browns have the best players of any team in the entire AFC, and I think they will win that division. And then in the AFC East... If you took the number 10 away from him and put the number 12 on him, Mac Jones looks just like Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near that good. Certainly not this year and probably not ever. But that is the way they play football. And that team is way better than people realize. The New England Patriots are going to win the AFC East. So my AFC division champs are the Pats, the Browns, the Titans, and the Chiefs. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Wild cards. The easy one is Buffalo. Buffalo, which is a team a lot of people have in the Super Bowl, and many there in the hashtag Bills Mafia will be angry or will be grateful that I didn't pick them to win the division. I have them as a wild card. I have the Steelers, not the Ravens, as a wild card. Reports of the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers have been greatly exaggerated. Ben's going to be better than last year, not worse. Najee Harris was an outstanding draft pick for that team. Their weapons are outstanding. Don't overlook the name Pat Fryermuth. Tight end out of Penn State. They called him Baby Gronk. Second round pick. Red zone threat. 
great wide receivers and an outstanding defense. They'll get the T.J. Watt thing done. Steelers make the playoffs. And my third wild card is the Chargers. The Chargers could be the most improved team in the NFL record-wise. Justin Herbert with a full season as the starter. They've remade the offensive line. If Derwin James should stay healthy, he could be the defensive player of the year. People don't talk about the Chargers. You will by the end of the season. They're making the playoffs. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So that's the AFC. The NFC, comparatively speaking, is the JV. I'll give you the easy ones. The Washington football team wins the NFC East easily. It's not even close. They're by far the best team in that division. The Packers win the NFC North even easier. They have almost no competition. I don't care what the controversy, I don't care what the situation, what the air floating above Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams feels like. The Packers are too good. They will win that division easily. Tampa will win the NFC South easily. And the Rams are the complicated one. I will take the Rams by an eyelash over San Francisco in the wild, wild west. My division champs in the NFC, Washington, Green Bay, Tampa, and the Rams. The wild card, the easy one is San Francisco. I think the Niners will be great. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be their quarterback all year long. And they will be really good. They will be a threat. Lewis Riddick just put them in the Super Bowl on Get Up, and that would not shock me. My other two wild cards might shock you. I like Jameis Winston. If you have listened to me on the air over the years, you know I've always been a fan. I think he's been in the right place at the right time, and I think he's going to have a big year. I think the New Orleans Saints are being absolutely undersold. I have them as a wild card. And my third one is the Vikings, and I'll tell you where I got that from. I got it from one of our callers yesterday. One of our callers made the case for the Vikings with two of the 10 best receivers in the NFL and maybe the second best running back in the NFL and a more than good enough quarterback. And Mike Zimmer's defenses will not stink a second year in a row. They had a lot of injuries and everything else. On a flyer, I'm putting the Vikings ahead of Seattle and a lot of other teams I would have considered as my wild card. So I have the Niners, Saints, and Vikings as the NFC wild cards, and my Super Bowl. If you're brave enough to bet against Brady, good for you. I'm not. I will never pick against him again. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl in back-to-back seasons, and this time beating the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I'm in. I'm going all in on the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield goes from good to great. Odell Beckham becomes additive. And that defense is so much better than it was a year before. Bucks over Browns in the Super Bowl. There you have it. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Those are the KOD picks for the NFL season 2021, which kicks off tonight. Let me bring in the hashtag crew for their reaction, starting with Mr. Hembo. What jumped out at you? Do you have any quarrels? Do you have any support? Do you have any questions? What do you think? Two things jumped out at me, Greeny. First of all, all summer long, you talked an awfully big game when it came to the New York Giants. I didn't see them on your list. What happened? What happened? Their offensive line is just too bad. I can't do it. I, I, I just did not believe. You know when I stopped saying that? When the preseason started. 
I was saying that all along, so that Andrew Thomas has got to be better. There's no way he was the fourth pick in the draft, and he's a turnstile. What did um, Booger McFarlane call him? Burger, Burger King. King. Yeah, Burger King. You just have it your way when you go up against him. And they what they bring in three offensive linemen in the last 15 minutes. That's right. So I just can't do it. I just don't have the guts to do it. Now, would it shock me? No, but when it comes right down to it, I have more faith in the Saints and the the Niners were easy. I have more faith in the Saints and the Vikings than I do the Giants' offensive line. What's your next question? My second gripe is the absence of the Ravens from your AFC playoff field. Since Lamar Jackson became their starting quarterback, they have been the best regular season team in football. They're 31-8 and with a plus 463 scoring margin over the last two and a half years. There's no way you can convince me there are seven better teams in the AFC. Mm, they don't have to be seven better teams. They just have to, the way the playoffs fall, there have to be four better teams and, or at least four teams with better records. You know, I think that they were planning on doing a lot of stuff this year. I had everybody telling me, J.K. Dobbins is going to lead the league in rushing. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. Now he's not going to be anything. The entire running back room is decimated. The wide receivers room is decimated. Rashawn Bateman had groin surgery, which are two words you never want attached to your name. I, I think that the Ravens, I know their defense is really good, but I think the injuries are too much to overcome. Would it stun me if they get in and the Steelers don't? No. Would it stun me if they get in and either the Bills or the Chargers don't? Yes, it would. Mm. I think the Chargers are a sneaky, excellent team. Obviously, so are the Bills. I'm betting on Belichick with the Patriots, uh, which means I think one of those two. I think the AFC East, Pats, Bills, I think both get in for sure. And the Dolphins are dangerous. I'm leaving them out. The Ravens are obviously dangerous. I'm, I'm leaving them out. A lot of good teams. The Colts. But these are the picks. Read them and weep. If I put the Ravens in the NFC... How many teams in the NFC are better than they are? Is that how good you think the AFC is? Would they be a playoff team in the NFC? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you put the Ravens in the NFC East, they'd probably win it. Mm -hmm. If you put the Ravens, yes, if you put the Ravens in any other, with the possible exception of the West and even that, yes, I would put them in the playoffs. Let me bring in Nuno. Hashtag Nuno. Anything jump out at you on the official Greenie picks? Yeah, the... The easiest one is the Vikings. They're a complete and utter disaster. If you heard Mike Zimmer during the preseason, he sounded like a man that gave up. He just he, – because he knows this team is just not going to be very good, and they're going to have issues. Like, this is one of those teams that I believe will end up having to start a guy at a quarterback mm. position because of, you know, these COVID protocols. Mm. That's, and it's, that's a good point. So, yeah, that one. Yep. Cousins and the vaccine, I think, is definitely a concern. That's a good call. I got talked into it by a caller yesterday. You have to stop letting me listen to the callers. <laughs> I'm starting to question that one already I'm just myself. glad you're good. Uh, you're, you're, you've come to your senses with the Giants. The picks are already there. Well, then Nuno's just talking down his Giants to lower the expectations. Quickly, Bubba, I think I know where you're going to go. Go ahead. Did we I'm, lose Bubba? Sorry, I was on the phone with uh, tech, <laughs> tech support. Um, Bubba, by the way, is wearing... <laughs> is wearing a Cowboys jersey today. I can't see the number. What, what number? Who, whose jersey are we wearing? Oh, he's wearing the number four. He's excited for the start of his season. Go ahead, Bubba. Well, no, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with your NFC East pick because, uh, you know, <laughs> you didn't pick the Cowboys. So I think we're, <laughs> we're, we're looking great. I mean, I think we're looking good there. I mean, as far as, you know, the Browns, I feel like year after year here, I just keep hearing the Browns are going to be good. The Browns, the Browns. I'll believe it when I see it, so – Good luck with that one, and I think for the the Bucks, I agree with you. I mean, 
I we learned. I learned. I'm never picking against Brady again until he he leaves. He could be 67, and I'm taking the Bucks to win every year. So I 100% agree with that pick. If Brady's out there, I'm picking the Bucks. Makes sense to me. There you go. That's the the. So let it be written from hashtag Bubba Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Speaking of Tom Brady, it has become a tradition on this program. His dad, Tom Brady Sr., on the day that his son will kick off the NFL season tonight, will join me live next. Plus, we got a lot of news we got to get into from other places too. Stick around. We're going to be busy. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. From the biggest names in sports. Justin Herbert, ladies and gentlemen. To the stories that matter. The New England Patriots want to play that way. They want to protect and the And plenty young of opinions. It's simple. Justin Fields is better. But I'm willing to. And it starts every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Right here on ESPN Radio. Or just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Tom Brady Sr. live on the Goodyear hotline in exactly 30 seconds here on ESPN Radio after this word from ZipRecruiter. According to Forbes, gyms, stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent-up demand for all those services. And businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do they turn to fill those roles fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. NFL season kicks off tonight. The defending champion, Super, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, playing at home against the Dallas Cowboys. The legendary Tom Brady will be on the field to start his 300th regular season game and joining me now in what has become something of a delightful tradition is his father, Tom Brady Sr., is with us on ESPN Radio. Good morning again, Mr. Brady. Good morning, Greeny. How are you today? Well, I'm, I'm fine. I'm excited, although I'm sure not nearly as you are. As the season rolls around, who gets more excited for the opener tonight, Tom Brady Sr. or Tom Brady Jr.? Uh, I, I think Tom Brady Jr. has some butterflies, but Tom Brady Sr., 
has a whole flock of birds in his stomach. <laughs> it, that's per, per, pretty nerve-wracking uh, for the parents. When you're not on the field, you, you can take care of it when you're on the field. You can't take care of it when you're in the stands. Still. So we're pretty darn excited. That's the amazing part of this to me. And again, obviously, I've never been in your situation. Candidly, no one has ever been in your exact situation. Um, but with all the success that he's had, with all that he has accomplished, with with the fact that his legacy as being the greatest of all time is assured, regardless of what happens on the field from this point forward, do you still feel the same way as these games get played as you did when he was first starting? Uh, absolutely, Greeny. It, it doesn't change very much. It's, uh, I mean, we've, we've gone through it now for a lot of years, but, you know, every parent knows what it's like when their kid gets up to bat. And just because they've been up to bat a lot doesn't mean that there's not the, the same angst. And so uh, we, we've been through it. And like you said, 300 regular season games, that's a lot of, uh, that's a, a, a lot of uh, uh, stress, but it's a lot of joy as well. We've had so darn much fun, and we go through it every single day that he, he takes the field. Tom Brady Sr. with me is again on the Goodyear Hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. You know, speaking of driven, like one of the things that have has become um, an interesting topic of conversation around your son is just how driven he is, just what it is that motivates him at this stage. And I was saying to someone the other day on TV, there's really only one thing he hasn't accomplished in his career, and he was so incredibly close, and that was the perfect season. And and he, Tom, said uh, during this offseason that he might consider trading two of his Super Bowl rings for that perfect season. So that got me to thinking, maybe that's the motivation. Maybe that's what that, that drives him this year. What, what is your sense of the chances that your son and his team could win all their games this year? Well, I am. I'm a little more cautious than a lot of the pundits out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that 17 and 0 is going to be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just too difficult. I mean, talking, uh, you know, Adam Schefter just a few minutes ago just said how uh, how difficult it is, and everybody else says how difficult it is. Um, and, but that being said, and by the way, last year there were so many razor thin games. Mm-hmm. Every year there are razor thin games that can knock you off. So, I, I, I all I know is he's put in a hundred percent this off season, and I think uh, I think the team has as well. Uh, from what I have heard uh, coming out of camp, that everybody is bought in. So um, I think they got as good chance as anybody. But boy, there's a lot of good competition out there. I, it, we're facing some pretty darn good competition tonight, and we're going to be looking at it in next next two weeks in Los Angeles. And so we're, we're you know we just there, there are big obstacles, and we need a lot of breaks, and or I should say, no breaks because we don't want any broken bones or any injuries, mm-hmm. um, and that too will have a, a factor in it. So last year we were lucky on the injury front. Uh, God willing, we'll be lucky on it this year as well. So, I, but we just have you know we come to step up with a lot of confidence and and a lot of hope. Tom Brady Sr. with me here on ESPN Radio. Obviously, that week four, and I, I know you've talked about it a little bit, will be, I'm sure, it'll be the most interesting 
and most hyped-up regular season game in the history of the sport when your son goes back to Foxborough where he had the legendary two-decade run and, and all the emotion that will be involved in that. I just wonder at this point, how close an eye do you keep on what's going on there? They, they have rebuilt that team. They've drafted a young quarterback who, candidly, he, he looks so much like Tom when he goes out there and plays. It's remarkable to me just in, in the way that he approaches it. How close an eye are you keeping on what they're doing there? Uh, I keep a close eye on it because we had some, some friends on the team, um, and, and that's where our roots are for 20 years. But uh, Tommy felt good leaving a year ago, and he's going to be having a good time when he goes back there. It's going to be, as you said, a very hyped game. But um, I, I would actually, by the way, agree with you. He does look a tremendous amount like Tommy. He's very poised and um, very accomplished, and um, I think uh, they've really retooled very nicely, and or they're going to be uh, a real challenge for the Bills uh, for the division and for the conference. I think they're loaded. Well, Tom Brady, senior, could be our analyst. We, we should bring him in here, just have him breaking down teams and games and stuff like that. Work out well. Um, and I, would ne- I want to make it clear that I would never ask you to divulge any conversation that you're not fully comfortable doing, but it would behoove me to ask you. I mean, your son is doing things that have never been done. He is 44 years old. Only one quarterback in the history of the sport has ever st- won, a, won a single game at that age, and that is Vinny Testaverde. And, and here is your son out there with so many people, including me, picking him to win the Super Bowl this year. What sense do you have of how much longer we should be expecting to see him out there playing? Uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Um, we're, uh, needless to say, we're more than stunned that this continues. Um, <laughs> just having growing up myself, watching these football, great football players for years. Uh, it turns turns out that our son is going to be coming to the end of his career pretty quick. And I, I would not be surprised if he comes back. It, it just depends. If they win, uh, they're, again, they're injuries, but if they win, uh, he could hang it up. But if they don't, he, if they don't win, he probably would come back. But I don't know. It's it's really a good question for him because he's uh, he's really enjoying what he's doing. I mean, it's it. Actually, I said to my wife the other day, I don't know what is gonna what he's gonna do after he quits playing football because it so consumes his life. It's just it's uh, so important to him. His family is important to him, but football is important to him. I, I was. I came down to Tampa in September. Excuse me, in May, mm-hmm. and he, he said, "Dad, you want to go to go to practice with me tomorrow?" And I said, "Sure." What time? He said, "About how about we leave a quarter to nine? I said, "Great." So I got up about seven thirty, and came downstairs and had breakfast. And he comes in at about eight thirty, having worked out for two hours. Mm. And we go to the field, and he throws to his receivers. He and a couple other quarterbacks threw two to nine or ten receivers for two hours. He comes back at eleven o'clock. Uh, after after practice for a couple hours, he gets in the swimming pool with his trainer, pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. Then he gets out of that swimming pool at about twelve fifteen, and he gets he gets worked down to about one thirty. And then he comes upstairs and says, "You know, I got to take a nap. I'll see you guys in an hour." Then after at two thirty in the afternoon, he, or three o'clock in the afternoon, he starts his day. Hmm. But his off-season workout is 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 tougher now than it's ever been. And uh, but he so he does love it. You have to love it. And, and that's what it takes 
to still be doing what he's doing. Again, it is unprecedented. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy these conversations. Good luck to you and the family tonight, and, and I hope you enjoy the game, and I hope that we will chat again soon along the way of what I'm sure will be a special year. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Thanks, Greeny. Good talking to you. Take, take care. care. That's Tom Brady Sr. with us here on ESPN Radio. I, I get so much out of that. It's hard for me. I don't know. It's it's kind of, Look, I'm, I'm just going to put it all on the table, right? I'm in an emotional place right now. <laughs> I was talking about this with Michael Kay and those guys yesterday in New York. I'm unquestionably in an emotional, nostalgic place. Um, we are taking our, our younger child, the younger of our two kids, off to college this weekend. And, and so that is... You know, it is what it is. I think everyone understands what that means. Like, we're, we're heading into a new chapter of our lives, and, and I, while I'm excited for it, it also still is, it's emotional and a little sad. It is the very definition of bittersweet. And so to hear a dad talking about his son that way, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. I hope it touches everyone as much as it touches me to have the opportunity to chat with him. Uh, it's week, by the way, I'm sure they'll be watching the Michigan game Saturday night. Week two, college football, Saturday night, ABC and ESPN Radio, Michigan, Washington at the Big House. The college football brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage with a home loan to fit your needs. Cross Country Mortgage is dedicated to getting it done. Visit them at crosscountrymortgage.com. The Scoop. I, I was certainly planning on doing nothing but football today, but... This story really jumped out at me as I was on my way into work this morning, and I want to get both Hembo and Nuno's takes on it because I think it is quite astonishing. And I'm just going to read you the story directly. This is about Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers, and it's reporting from our ESPN NBA insiders. After the transaction season ended in mid-August, the owners um, of the Sixers and their management flew to L.A. to meet with Ben Simmons and his agent. The Sixers intended to tell Simmons they couldn't find a deal for him. They wanted to put aside their differences and enter the season on the same page. Simmons, however, was steadfast, saying he didn't want to play for the team again and that if he wasn't traded by the end of the month, he didn't intend to come to training camp. The point was made. Now, all that part of it is sort of, that's normal, right? That's just negotiating. We don't have, we don't have the deal we want. We want you to come back in. No, I'm not showing up. That's how you apply additional pressure to the situation. In and of itself, whatever you may think of that, it is not unique. But then this sentence really jumped out at me. The point was made that it wasn't Simmons' responsibility to increase his trade value and that the Sixers should find the best possible trade and execute it now rather than wait for a strong start to the season to increase his value. Whoa. It wasn't Simmons' responsibility to increase his trade value. He's getting paid millions and millions of dollars to play basketball, and this sounds essentially like it's saying it's not his job to play well. If he doesn't want to show up, that's one thing. If he's going to hold out and try and force their feet to the fire, that's one thing. But this sounds like he's basically saying, hey, you get whatever trade you can. It's not my job to try and make myself more attractive to other teams. And boy, there was something about that sentence that really jumped off the page at me. Let me save Hembo for last. Let me go to Nuno first, my <laughs> vice president of basketball conversation. Listen to the chuckle. Well, no, because I'm looking up and I just see Hembo's face, and I can't wait to actually hear what he has to say. But I would say to Ben Simmons if I was a team owner, hey, buddy, it's your fault that your uh, value is so low. You know, you decide not to, uh, you know, try to dunk that ball towards in the fourth quarter of a game seven. Hey, you've played really bad. So 
it's it's on you. But at the same time, I understand. Like it's a business. He wants out. They want him gone. You've come to me and said, "Hey, Nuno, guess what? Like, I try to replace you on the show, but the options around aren't very good. So we're gonna keep you around." I'm like, you know what? Eh, probably don't want to work with you anymore. And that's what Ben Simmons is doing. I get that, but. You would have to continue working with uh, me and exactly. figure out a way to make it work because you need the, the, the paycheck, right? We uh, all work yes, for ourselves. I'm also mature enough and realize that, like, you know what? I'm in a good spot. I'm going to keep working because I have pride in myself, Ben Simmons. Maybe he needs a little bit of that to – there are certain things you probably shouldn't say. Like, I, I'm kind of conflicted because it is – the you know it's the 76ers and the Philly fans are all, wow, woe is me. So, Hembo. Have at it. <laughs> well, let's turn to our Philly fan here. Are you wah, woe is me? What is your reaction to ben, this story? Oh, my goodness. Ben Simmons is dead to me. Dead to me. The only thing worse than coming up small in Philly, which, of course, he did in the playoffs, is then making it known that you don't want to play there anymore. You've not earned that right. You have no leverage here. You're not a superstar. You're not 1% better now than you were when you entered the NBA. Like Nuno said, the reason we've not traded you is because of you. You've tanked your own trade value. You're, like, there are teams around the league, you, just, you, know, you read all the scuttle, they're not willing to trade three scrubs for Ben Simmons. And there's this misconception that Philly has not been behind him. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm from there. I talked to all the folks there. We have had Ben Simmons back for years, despite the national media crushing him for not developing his game. All sorts of people around the city said, we can't trade this guy for James Harden. Let him have a year for, under Doc Rivers. Let this guy continue to develop. We're done now. And it sounds like he's done now too. And the only thing it's, you know, now we're moving forward, of course, it's going to get more and more ugly as we approach the season. But like this is most definitely the last straw. Okay. Well, that's exactly the kind of fire that we're looking for here on the program. The Ben Simmons situation has reached an impasse. Here's the one thing that I will say is when you say we don't want you back and, and it's his own play and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the reality of it is the reason teams aren't willing to trade three scrubs for him is not because he's not worth three scrubs. It's because they know the Sixers have to trade him. And if he were to show up and play and they were to make a show of, all right, we're going to work this thing out. Why did Joel Embiid say last week, oh, no, I've got that guy's back. The fans need to leave him alone. I love playing with Ben. We love playing with him. Why? Because he understands exactly this, that teams will not trade you three scubs for a guy they know you have to give away. So the way that they get the trade that they want done is to bring him in and make it look like they're going to play the season with him. Once a team knows they have to give up more than that, they will. He's worth more than that. Much more than that. But no one is willing to do it because they don't have to. That's right. Daryl Morey did not become a Hall of Fame executive by trading players with star-level talent for 50 cents on the dollar. That's what he would be doing right now. He is also, his, uh, his history has made it very clear, he is not aver- uh, averse to uncomfortable situations. In Houston, they had all sorts of things like this pop up. So this is going to be a soap opera here for the next few months, and I'm dying to see where we net out. All right, as we continue, uh, I will tell you why everyone, literally everyone, has it wrong on one quarterback situation. That would mean the fans, the media, and especially the coach, plus... I will tell you what the most interesting thing I saw on social media yesterday was. Those on the way. But right now, a word from DraftKings, and this 
is important. It is the time to celebrate because the NFL is back, and DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, and they have millions of reasons why you should be excited. Literally, kicking off the football season, DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $4 million up for grabs for tonight's opener. Getting in on this single-game showdown is easy. You draft six players from the game, you stay under the salary cap, you see how your team stacks up against the competition, go to the app right now, feel the NFL action like never before. Download the DraftKings app and use my name, Greeny, as the code. And this week, new customers will get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $4 million in total prizes. Enter the code Greeny, you get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Back at a flash on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you. And a reminder that airlines and restaurants and many other businesses are ramping up their hiring. And who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job. And you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Something that I said on television this morning that I just feel needs to be said once and for all in organized fashion is this. Everybody is getting the Bears quarterback situation wrong. Everybody. Fans, media, coaches, everybody. If I hear one more person describe the Bears' handling of their quarterback situation as following the Mahomes method, I think I'm going to lose my mind. The two situations are absolutely not equal for two huge reasons. The first is Andy Dalton does not equal Alex Smith. In 2017, the year that Patrick Mahomes sat out all but one game as a rookie, Alex Smith led the NFL in passer rating. That year, he became just the second quarterback ever to have 4,000 yards passing and five or fewer interceptions. He and Aaron Rodgers were the only people ever to do it. Alex Smith was great. Dalton, meanwhile, I, I take no pleasure in saying this. It's just a fact. Over the past five seasons... Andy Dalton ranks 28th in a 32-team league in QBR. That's who he is. So that's the first point. The second point is that Justin Fields does not equal Patrick Mahomes. As a prospect, he is much, much better. 
It's hard to fathom this now, but Mahomes was 13 and 16 as a starter at Texas Tech. And he has subsequently acknowledged he had no idea how to read defenses when he came into the league. Fields? Fields left college with the second highest QBR ever. He had 86 touchdowns and 14 turnovers. He never lost a game in the Big Ten. He finished 20-2 and two overall. The only teams to beat him were Clemson and Alabama. There's only one thread of commonality between the two situations, and that's Matt Nagy, who was the Bears head coach now and who was Kansas City's offensive coordinator then. So he knows better than anybody what that team had and what he has now. And if he believes it's best to sit the rookie this year, it's not for me to tell him that he's wrong. But when people try to tell you it's because they're trying to make history repeat itself, you need to gently inform those people they have no idea what they're talking about. They are choosing to play a much lesser quarterback than Kansas City had. And they are choosing to sit a much more advanced prospect than Kansas City had. That's the decision that they are making. And I just felt I hadn't heard anybody say that. So I felt it needed to be said. Many people may not know this, but Bubba actually used to work in the Kansas City front office long before his uh, very successful career here in radio production. Bubba was an NFL executive and and, and many stops, including in Kansas City, and and was instrumental in the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, despite the fact that he's wearing a Tony Romo jersey today. So let me ask. Dak Prescott. uh, Oh, it's a Dak Prescott jersey today. Excuse me. He's wearing a Dak jersey today. So I I would ask you. Totally not a bad option. Bubba, what is your reaction to this, the idea that the Mahomes method is actually nothing whatsoever to do with what's going on in Chicago right now. No, I mean, I would, I would have to agree. I mean, the only, the only thing similar is that Matt Nagy was there. I mean, it's, it's laughable to say that they're, that it's similar. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you can't even compare it. That's, that's well done. Thank you for just repeating what I just said a variety of different ways. That was really well done, Bubba. That's, see, that's, the, the, that's what makes Bubba so special. Yeah, has, I mean, I'm agree, I agree with you. Fair I'm, I'm, reinforce I'm on it. your side. Every now and again, uh, and, and agreement is all we're looking for. All right, one other thing this hour. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. My favorite thing that I saw on social media yesterday came from a name you do not know. The handle is Lizzie K. And she happens to be Hembo's wife. So if you were listening yesterday, you heard me explain some things. And Jenny is in today. You're going to appreciate this, Jenny. So Hembo asked me a question. He said, my wedding anniversary, my second anniversary is coming up next week. And my wife said, you don't have to get me a gift. What does she mean by that? And I said, when your wife says you don't have to get her a gift, what she means is you have to get her a gift. It's that simple. She just wants to have said you didn't have to, and thus you did it because you wanted to. So we had this conversation at some length yesterday, and I'm delighted that I was able to be of this help to you. I did not find a single person who disagreed with me. And then was it you who posted it? Someone posted this conversation on social media, and I saw a response from Lizzie. Lizzie Kay on Instagram said, well, now I can't wait to see what I'm getting. See? That's the beauty of it. I told you. She is delighted. You have now delighted your wife. Had you not, had you just asked me that off the air instead of on the air, then it would have worked out even better. But I think that now this is going to be a situation in which everybody wins. I don't agree at all. This is, when I read that comment, I clenched my teeth because now this gets much harder. Before, it was a yes-no proposition. And I could talk myself into not buying the gift because she said not to. I could stomach that. Now, 
there's, now this comes with expectations. Now what gift I'm getting her, which has still not been decided, and people stop texting me, what are you getting your wife for your anniversary? I've gotten like a dozen of those. I don't know. No, it's not that complicated. It is complicated. No, it's not. There's pressure now. The second anniversary, the, the gift is cotton. You have to get her something cotton. Cotton equals clothing. Does she like sweaters? Yeah, she likes sweaters. She, does she, so it's going to get cold here in the New York area sometime soon. Uh, out there in your palatial estate in New Jersey, where the two of you live, on, on the largest lake in New Jersey, Very by large. the way. Mm. Um, so you go out, you get her a beautiful sweater, you, you, you collect one of the millions of girlfriends that she has that I see her in pictures with every day, <laughs> and you ask them, come shopping with me, and you go and you buy your wife a sweater. I'm worried about the timeline now, though. Like you, like you, beautiful is subjective. Like What I might think is beautiful might not be what her she does. Her friends will know what she likes. <sighs> not that complicated. You know what you're doing? Overthinking this? Yes, you are taking a simple situation and making it complicated. Just get the gift. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.